Welcome to 247 Real Talk. I'm your host, Julian Perry, once again here with you for another week. I hope you had a great week since you last spoke. Mine was pretty decent, and I'm enjoying some pretty nice weather in New York this week. I guess it's ahead of some storm that's forming, but right now, I'll take it. Um, mid, or up, mid and upper 70s. It's pretty good weather to enjoy, bright sunshine. As I thought about what episode or what I would record for this week, what I would share with you, I decided to go back to the personal side and have another conversation about some updates with my son and um, autism um, and his challenges. There have been some updates, there have been some things, and I wanted to also talk about the parents' perspective. The last time I had this conversation, so many people reached out to me, parents, um, doctors from other states who heard my podcast and, and sent messages through others and directly offered me some advice. So, you know, I thought it's about time, even though we talk about so many different topics, to also share a piece of myself and continue to do so, not only so that we can get to know each other better, but hopefully this can be helpful on, uh, with the discussions with other parents who are experiencing this issue with their children. So, you know, get ready, sit back, relax, and I'll be right back with you. Welcome back to 247 Real Talk Podcast again. Host Julian Perry for another week. I guess you might notice little differences that are coming going on in the studio. Before I start the episode, you'll notice that there's no mic in front of me tonight. I've been working on building or designing my studio, studio in a little different way so that I can be up close and personal with you. Um, I think the next thing I'm going to work on is the big headphones, shrinking them down to something just in my ear so I can monitor um, what I'm hearing, and for those of you watching me on YouTube, we can have a real person-to-person, -person, you know, conversation without all the, the obstructions in between. So, um, as I said, I want to continue the conversation about autism a little bit, and I'll tell you where I am with it. I'll give you a real quick update, because I don't want to have a long episode, and it's not an easy topic to, to talk about. Um... I think I mentioned in previous episodes where my child recently over the last, I think it was probably about a year ago, maybe a little less more, uh, tested really high on the autism spectrum. And there are, there are many, many services out there that insurance covers, that, 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 that are free, that the state covers to help children with autism. The first challenge I told you about was, although my son scored high, he exhibits normal behavior. So you really have to spend some time with him before you recognize that he has these challenges. And so what we've been noticing, first of all, is, and I think I mentioned this before, is that at school, in other environments, people are not really treating him and dealing with him the way he should be dealt with so he can understand. 
you know, um, he plays normally, he plays with his sister, he plays with kids in schools. In school, he has, um, he's a very bright kid, you know, engineering. He can put things together that you wouldn't even understand. You and I wouldn't even understand. Um, you know, he might have other struggles in the academic subjects, some of them. He's decent at math. Um, he's still working better on his writing skills, his reading skills. But things like math and, and, and engineering and the computers and Legos, you guys have, you guys wouldn't understand this. I promised to start a YouTube channel just for him. You should see the things he builds with Legos. I'm talking about things that adults, adults who favor Legos and Legos design, like Legoland people build. His imagination, his ability, he'll take these Legos and he'll come back with a transformer that transforms in so many different ways. He built it from scratch with his own imagination. I've had uh, recently. I've had to lock everything up. This studio. Uh, every day when I leave the house to go to work, I have to lock the door because he has that curiosity now, and he and he wants to. When he sees something, a gadget or whatever, it's not just a curiosity about it as it exists, but he wants to know what's inside. He wants to know if there's magnets, if there's circuits, if there's batteries, if they're rechargeable. So if he gets his hands on it, he's gonna start dismantling it. So. That is you know, one of my challenges, right? Because his curiosity has gotten to a point where we've had to put a coded lock on the basement door. Uh, we do have a, a, a door in this house that goes down to the basement because um, we have you know entertainment and a gym and stuff down there, and we can't allow him to get into that. My office door, I have to put a lock. The rest of the house, he has a free reign to. But the rest of the house doesn't contain the gadgets that are fragile and intricate like I have in this studio. Now, before I go any further, I want to talk about the signs and symptoms of autism. I'm going to bring it up on the screen for those of you on YouTube, for those of you on the audio podcast, I'll read it for you. So I, I pulled up this web page and it says, you know, signs and symptoms, people with ASD often have problems with social communication, interaction, let me shrink this. And restricted or repetitive behaviors or interests. Let's let's deal with the first sentence there. People with ASD often have problems with social communication and interaction. Now, that statement alone ident you know, identify or identify that in my son's behavior. My son has a serious problem with social communication. He will go to a party. And depending on what's going on around, he doesn't like crowds. He can be at a party with kids playing and sit by himself. It has to be a kid that he knows or somehow a kid with similar interests that he gravitates to. But he doesn't gravitate to any other kid like normal kids just go and play. Um, he struggles when he does play now with, 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 with general kids. I don't want to use the word normal because he's normal in a sense, right? But... He 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 struggles with that because his communication with them, I would say to my, you know, I would say you know, your your my 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 view of it as I see him, he can't really have conversations with other kids the way kids would play because the things he would say, I would say to him, you shouldn't have said that, but he doesn't recognize he he can't read the room right, he can't recognize where saying something that he thinks is quite true and quite normal 
would have an impact maybe negatively on another child. And so I worry about that. I worry about that because if you can't get through this process and, be, and, and get learned behavior that allows him to learn social communication, as he goes through school and he gets to higher grades where he deals with bullying and students who are more aggressive, especially in our society today, I worry about how he will cope and what kind of effect it will have on him mentally. I would love to send him to a school. I don't want to say a school for autistic children because I think that's too broad. There's so many different levels to autism. I'd like to send him to a school where they recognize his gifts and, 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 and mature his gifts, his engineering skills, his mathematical skills, and, and, and bring him up with the, you know, to par with the social communication. Let's see what else it says. Um, we, well, I don't see too many repetitive behaviors with him, but repetitive interests, yes, he has repetitive interests. People with ASD may also have different ways of learning. Let's say that again. People with ASD may also have different ways of learning, moving, or paying attention. Now, this is key. I can tell you that for a fact. He has different ways of moving, different ways of learning, and different ways of paying attention. The conventional classroom that he's in now, even though it's a mixed classroom as they call it, does not do justice to his needs for supporting his daily life, nor does it do justice with, with nurturing his, his, his brilliance, his own gifts. This is what school system offers, right? It offers um, classrooms that are mixed, where they're, they're, they're what they call, they use the word normal again, normal students and students of, of different levels of autism, and they're trying to normalize their behavior by, I guess, getting them to realize they're all different shapes and colors in the world. But they're doing regular work. And even though there may be some allowances made for him, for example, with a reading issue, when he takes certain exams, he can, he can do the math and answer the question correctly. But they've, they've made an allowance where someone will read the question to him. Because a lot of these tests they give these young kids are timed. And because he's running, he's working on this difficulty of focusing and, get, and being able to read the question enough and remember it to answer it, he's losing. So they read the question to him. He's brilliant. He gets the answer. Um, as they say in the end here, these characteristics can make life very challenging. It's important to note that some people without ASD may also have some of these symptoms. So that's a very important statement. It's important to note that some people without ASD might also have some of these symptoms. Now, again, I took this off the a website, so I hope, you know, I, I, there's no intention here to copyright anyone. It's simply to show a definition that I found. And so his difficulties sort of transcend all these things in bits and pieces. And let me tell you where, so let me tell you what's going on right now. He has, my wife worked really hard. She's, she works remotely. She's able to put a lot of effort into phone calls and stuff while she's working. And she got him some services. I don't know all the exact names because they come in acronyms and I don't know exactly what they mean. 
But now he has someone who, four days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, comes into our home. So they did this whole process where they came, they evaluated him, they evaluated us as a family, I guess. They went out and found someone who they felt would be a good match for him and a good match for us as a family. Because this person comes now when he gets home from school, let's say around 3 o'clock, and they stay till maybe 6.30 at night every day. So they spend three and a half, four hours with him every day in our home. So they, they kind of have to blend in with our family, right? Um, if my wife wants to go to the library and take the kids, that person has to go with him. If my wife wants to take him to the park, this person goes with them. And the, the whole purpose of this person is not to take care of him like a nanny. It's to help him develop. They are observing him, interacting with him, trying to get him to express his feelings they try to teach him social skills, and they have different things that they work on one by one to bring him up to, to speed, right? So one week it's one thing, or, or one period, I don't know if it's one week, but they're here four days out of five, and like this person that we got has blended very well with our family so far, and I can't, for me personally, my wife thinks that they're doing a great job and they're helping she is she is more up you know up close and personal because like I said she works remotely she's here when he gets home from school I'm at work I get home late in the evening and so I don't get to do a lot of the observance that she does but she's able to do this and so she thinks it's working for me the jury's still out but you know there's other challenges that come with this for example one of the challenges I deal with constantly with him is. Uh, I'm sorry, there's a phone ringing in the studio. One of the challenges I deal with is when do I know, when to know when his his sister will say, stop, stop. And I'll, and I'll say, you know, hey, don't, don't do that to your sister. My wife will say, um, he doesn't really know the boundaries or whatever. And then there's another time where, I, where she, his sister will say, you know, he's bothering me or whatever. And I'll say, stop, and they'll be okay. She's become very good in recognizing when it's brotherly playing and when it's uh, an exhibition of his autistic challenges. It's a hardest struggle for me. And that becomes very difficult parenting because I need to always be thoughtful of, not as a parent in general, you need to be thoughtful of your words and your actions because. These things impact kids, you know, for generations we, where we come from, maybe the, our parents didn't recognize it, but I sure do. And so you need to sort of be able to pay attention and know how to react, when to react, when to ignore, when it's just the kids being kids, when you need to step in because the social aspect, it, it, you know, he's not navigating that well. And it becomes a challenge. It becomes a challenge between me Parenting him, um, it doesn't. It's not a challenge to me showing him love, but it's a challenge to me showing him that I understand, because I still don't understand everything. I'm still working through this struggle, and it also becomes a challenge. You need to understand is between in a relationship with couples, right? Because sometimes I may say, "Well, you know, don't do that," and she say, "Well, don't admonish him. It's not his fault." Another time I'll I'll say, oh, it's not his fault. Ignore it. Just, why don't you speak to the kid? You know, why don't you speak to him? He's not, he's doing that right in front of you. I'm still struggling with that. 
So I wanted to sort of have this conversation with you because I'm sure many parents who are struggling with kids with autism will find many of these things uh, familiar. Um, one other thing I'll talk about, and then I'll, I'll cut this uh, episode short for the week. Um, he has a medication he takes, and we have to take the medication. We take the medication and give it to the school nurse. We give him one tablet in the morning, and then he gets one at noon. So that medication, if he doesn't have it, he can't focus, right? He's bouncing off the walls. He's playful. He's happy, but he can't focus. When he gets the medication, he sits there. He's able to do his schoolwork and concentrate. I think the issue becomes um, the effects of the medication. So let's talk effects. And I'm looking directly at this camera because I want you to see and feel what I'm, what I'm feeling. The other day I came home and he was really sad. And, I, and the, the, the young lady who's there that, that works with him, she said, I spoke with him. I tried to get him to express his feelings and he didn't. He couldn't. So I spoke with him a little while and I noticed his sadness. So I tickled him. He loves when I tickle him. I tickled him into a frenzy of laughter, and I felt, okay, I've brought his mood back up. I went into my bedroom, changing my clothes, and within two minutes, he came in there in tears. I mean, so tearful, he didn't even want to interact with me, only his mother. It was heartbreaking. It's painful. And I'm going right up to the camera. I want you to see it is painful to have a child be in emotional despair, and you do not know what to do. So... He stayed with his mom for a while, and we started evaluating it after. What we recognized was prior to the summer, he was having these days where he'd come home from school every day, and he would cry pitifully for hours. What we began to realize is that's what's happening when he's coming down off the medication. And so this that happened two days ago, whatever, Monday I think it was, is the same thing. He was coming down off the medication, and because he was coming down off the medication, he goes into this depression. So he had a visit with his with his doctor, this behavioral doctor, whatever they call them, yesterday. And what we're trying now is we're finding out that the medication suppresses his appetite. So he doesn't eat during school hours. And they feel that the reason he's crashing like that is because his stomach is empty, is hungry, and he comes down hard. So what we have to do now is get him to eat during the day so that, the medi the, I guess, there's some absorption in a different way and he doesn't crash like that. He doesn't have the sadness. Today I came home, he didn't have the sadness. But the problem is the medication suppresses his appetite. So now we are in this whole, hush, this, this whole um, hurry to think through what foods he really likes that will give us the best chance of him at least taking enough of a snack. And we've told the school nurse, make sure he eats to avoid this challenge. So these are some of my challenges. I don't want, you know, there'll be more conversations, but I felt that as I get through these processes, I want to share it with other parents out there. I've met a lot of you online. I've met some of you in person. I've met some of you who are dealing with children who are 100%, I want to call it, autistic. And another thing about it is now, I'll tell you one of the benefits of this. When I see a child as autistic, two things happen. Number one, I recognize it. And number two, my heart melts. I want to reach out to that child. 
And it's funny when you're around a room with a child who's autistic and maybe the parent who understands. And all I need to do is look at the parent and the parent knows I understand while everybody else in the room doesn't understand. And they sometimes look and, don't, and, and try to figure out how come I'm interacting with this child when the child won't interact with anyone else. That's because they, I guess they feel the vibrations coming from you and they understand that you understand. Remember, autistic kids generally, autistic people are very brilliant and probably more perceptive than and most of us will ever be. So that's what I'm going to share with you now. As I continue the journey, I'll let you know what goes on with the with the the help he's getting and what further help we get, he's getting. This afternoon, he went to a, my wife assigned him up to a Lego engineering class. You know, he came home very happy because he can do such amazing things with Legos that putting him into a world of Legos brings out a happiness, confidence, social behaviors in him that you won't see in any other environment. It is up to us as parents to try to figure this all out and put the pieces of the puzzle together so he can live a normal life. So as I said, I will come back to you with more of this as the journey continues. Before I sign off, there's one other thing I want to say. I was speaking with someone the other day and we were talking about this podcast. And I told them again how much it means to me to share with you on every social topic that we talk about how much it is my mission in life, what I pay for occupying space on this earth to help people, how much I reach out to you, how many of you supported me, but more so how much a struggle it is to build my audience to the, to the size I would, would need to be effective. It's amazing how people can start podcasts over frivolous stuff. I think I mentioned this before. And people are so well ready and willing to join. But for those of us who are dealing with real challenges and struggles, not so much. Well, I'm not going to stop this, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that you will not stop doing this with me. I ask you to, if you know people who won't subscribe, still share it. If you know people who are going through the same struggles of all the various topics I talk about, share it with them. And, and, and encourage them to subscribe. Let's build a base you might not have any of the issues you, I'm dealing, that I speak about or I'm dealing with right now, but one day you might. And I'm hoping as I grow, as this grows bigger and more episodes, I think I'm at episode 169 or 170, I would hope that it, eventually people can go look and listen to the past episodes and get value to help them with their quality of lives. So that's it for this week. I think it's the first time I've said to you there's going to be a shorter one than it actually is. I do wish you a, an amazing weekend, an amazing week ahead. I know in New York there's a rainstorm coming, but that storm is, is possibly a hurricane elsewhere. So be safe. Um, take care of yourselves. Make sure that you, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, is in consideration of you, your loved ones, and those around you. Always feel empowered to reach out to help someone because sometimes people who need the help the most are the ones who can't ask or don't ask. So I do uh, encourage you to join me in this journey. I thank you again for the privilege of being able to be here with you once again. And until the next time, please do take care of yourselves and each other. <laughs>